People have so many different hacks for getting a good night's sleep. And it's not to say that those don't work, but I really think you cannot discount the power of just good quality sheets and how much that can transform your sleep. I told you guys about these before, but as far as I'm concerned, Bowl and Branch are the best sheets on the market. And I think for me, the thing that like makes them so good is that they're really soft and luxurious while also being breathable. So they kind of work in all weather and their signature sheets are their best seller. They come in 14 versatile colors in all sizes from twin up to California King. I have them in the color stone. I have them in the color mineral. I have the waffle blanket. I have so many things from this company. Everything is just quality and their sheets are made with the finest hundred percent organic cotton and completely free from toxins. Also, they said this, but I didn't really get it until I started using the sheets. They do get softer with every wash and you'll see that. I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and every single person has been a repeat customer. And there's a 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code CBC at BolinBranch.com. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code CBC. Exclusions apply, see site for details. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind comments by celebs. And welcome back to another episode of our Kardashian bonus show. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. I gotta be honest with you guys, kind of a shitty episode. And I hate to say that I'm not saying that with any joy, like really a little bit subpar. It ruined the streak of good episodes. Yeah, we were doing so well, even though last week we all kind of collectively were dissecting and a little bit uncomfortable, but at least we were kind of in it together. Whereas this one, to be totally honest, what really was of substance that we could take from it? Um, A little bit of the Caitlin and Chris stuff was interesting. Anytime that you see Chloe and Tristan's just dynamic in and of itself as a conversation piece, but no, not a lot happened by any means. Yeah, you're right, though. There are a few things with Chloe and Tristan because it's very clear how hard he is working to make them not only a couple, but a public couple again. You know, he really wants the full package. I have never in my life seen someone work harder to get laid than Tristan did in this episode. (laughs) Okay, shall we begin? And let's just all manage our expectations here because we're only going with what we had. So I wish more than anything I could give you guys a full Courtney and Scott conversation, but. Hopefully next week is what it's looking like. Oh, it's looking like a lot of that next week. When he says the words marriage. When he says I love you. It's just really crazy how the Travis thing is happening at the same time. And again, I cannot help but wonder, and actually a couple of people messaged us asking this, do we think that something with Courtney and Travis was in the works at this point, even very subtly to the point where her head was elsewhere. I wouldn't be surprised if the answer was yes. Yeah. I don't know, guys. We There's some more research that needs to be done there. And by research, I mean, it can only come from Courtney or Travis because we're not going to find it out any other way. I just feel a lot of people were asking us, you know, do you think that one of the reasons that they're so excited to post each other is because they felt like they couldn't. And it's just now that it's public. Meanwhile, it has been going on, which would explain the closeness And also maybe the excitement to make it known. I don't know. I don't know, but it is very interesting. Yeah. And by the way, you know, the kids are really close with Courtney now. Well, the kids have all known each other for so long. It wasn't just like Courtney and Travis were friends and we're watching the evolution of their relationship go from friends to this. You're also watching the kids' relationships with each other and with Travis and Courtney go from like family friends to like family, which is a extremely interesting dynamic, especially when you have kids that have been so close for so long, but also vary so much in age. The thing is though, that I do wonder is we get so much content from Alabama specifically, and also Shanna's daughter. I have to wonder if Mason had a social media presence, which clearly he doesn't have one, at least a public one now, what we would be getting of Travis because you see how the girls are so open to embracing Courtney publicly on their social. I wonder, considering Mason's relationship with Scott, if it would be the same with Travis. I I don't know, but it's a weird thing that I do wonder about. I don't know because Mason is so young and the others are a little bit older to be able to understand both the concept of like, this is our dad's girlfriend 
And this is Kourtney Kardashian, which is a viewpoint that Mason is not going to have, even if he thought Travis Barker was the coolest thing in the entire world. Like, I don't think his thought process of being able to conceptualize that is quite as there as Travis's kids are because they're so much older. And people Mm -hmm. had inboxed us that also saying, like, I wonder if so much of Travis's kids really like sticking to Courtney has anything to do with like the way they view her and the way they view their family. And I'm sure despite how close they've been the whole time, that is absolutely a possibility. I don't know where I land on that. I was actually thinking about that earlier today, completely unprompted. (laughs) I don't know if I think that they think it's cool or if it's just the norm for them and they've been around it for so long. And it's more so a way to kind of show support of their dad's new relationship. Um, I think it can be both. And I also think that that can be a really positive thing. Like I think that's saying like they're really into the idea of the Kardashians or they really are drawn to Courtney because of who she is. I think that has a somewhat negative connotation, but I think that that is such a normal thing where like, even if you thought really highly of somebody, it's just a compliment. Like they think so highly of her as is, and now she's their dad's girlfriend. And the thought process of thinking so highly of her has to do with, yes, who she is as a person, but also who her family is, because that is a very cool thing, no matter who you are. We didn't post this comment, but it was from, I don't know, let's say a week and a half ago. Shannon Mochler had posted a photo with the caption, my mama don't like you and she likes everyone. And somebody comments, my mama likes everyone besides the Kardashians with the laughing faces. And she responds, mine too, LOL. The only reason I bring that up, I know this is not the first time that Shannon has spoken quote publicly, meaning in her comment section about disliking them. But I have to wonder how specifically Alabama and Atiana feel about that. And then if there's a conversation that they're having with Shanna one way or another, maybe if it's not discussed, you know, I would like to imagine that obviously Shanna and their relationship is separate from their closeness to Courtney. Like, I don't think it would hopefully put a wedge between them and their mom. I think she would understand the position they're in, or that's what I'm choosing to believe. But it is kind of uncomfortable when your dad is getting close to his new girlfriend. You really like her and you are posting her. And then at the same time, your mom is talking about disliking her and her family. It just puts you in an uncomfortable position. And I don't know how they're handling that, I guess. That is an incredibly uncomfortable position to be put in. I I don't know. I mean, the way social media makes it seem, which again, social media can always be deceiving, but from the content that we're getting, it seems like their relationship with their dad appears to be much closer. So maybe that's where a lot of this is also coming from. We really need to do a rewatch of Meet the Barkers. I couldn't agree more. It's really something, honestly, like for the sake of our jobs, I think we could do such a more well-rounded discussion if we just binged it. I think let's do it. Okay. I'm down. Because I watched it when it was on, but I don't really remember. I don't remember it at all. I mean, I know I watched it. I may not have watched every episode, but I have no recollection of it. Yeah. Okay. Are you ready for this episode? I guess so. <laughs> I sh- I'll just tell everyone that you don't have to be self-conscious about it, even though I genuinely do not think it's bad at all. Julie's allergies are really bad today, and she's been texting me ahead of this and even on our breaks saying that she's nervous that she sounds so stuffed up. I genuinely don't think anybody will have a problem with it. We all have allergies. Shit happens. I hope not. I think I fucked around, pulled a Kylie and got a sinus infection though. Oh, to avoid the obstacle course? Yeah, to avoid the obstacle course. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. People are saying that we're whispering. Who the fuck knows? We're just talking like we always talk. And I guess some days it picks up differently than others. I'm actually really nervous that people are going to like my voice more. like this yeah like they're gonna be like oh it sounded so nice so like nasally and not abrasive (laughs) (laughs) it's not abrasive i love your voice okay (laughs) i do okay we start off and the only reason this scene is worth mentioning is one because we get the stormy of it all which we love and then kylie wanting to show kim her rolls royce and you can just see it is so funny how minimal scenes Kylie is in and then when she's in them how classic it is right so like one it's her bowing out of the obstacle course or two it's showing off the Rolls Royce and I say that with zero shade it is just at least she sticks with her story very on brand I thought the opening scene was the best scene (laughs) because Stormy saw fish yeah I mean Stormy saw fish she didn't see dolphins she didn't see whales and then we saw the pink interior of a Rolls Royce I just 
would like to point out, because I, I love when moments like this come up where we can make a really sharp comparison, something we talk about a lot, both on this podcast and I feel like also when we're interviewed about it, is how the Kardashians just naturally have become jaded by all of the things that they have been afforded. So, you know, these luxury items. And as I was watching Kim see the inside of this Rolls Royce truck that took a year to be designed and come, and it has Stormy's mom on the running boards and the whole thing, her excitement level was, I would say, minimal or very average. And in my mind, I was comparing that to when she got her first Bentley. And it's understandable clearly why she is the way she is now. But when you watch those two scenes side by side, you really are taken on a journey of like, holy shit. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. So the first real scene is Courtney and Chris. And this is when Chris also calls Kim so that she can talk to Courtney and Kim about it together. And she basically says how she got a call from Sophia Hutchins. And Sophia basically told her that she's feeling a little bit concerned about Caitlyn because she's looking for something more to do with her career. And they ended up getting into this conversation where it was kind of put on the table that maybe Chris could help. And I guess before we even get into Courtney and Kim's reactions, and then of course the Vanity Fair and all of those things, I didn't even necessarily recognize that Sophia and Chris had the type of relationship where they would just call each other up. You know, that was the first thing that kind of took me back. Yeah, it's interesting because Sophia is clearly able to act as like the messenger between Caitlin and Chris, whereas Maybe it's not uncomfortable for Sophia to call Chris out of the blue to ask for something because there's no hostility there, but Caitlin couldn't just pick up a phone and call Chris without a warning. Right. I guess that does make sense. And in Courtney's confessional, she says, and I'm going to read it exactly because I want to discuss, Sophia is Caitlin's good friend who lives with her. And you know, I'm not surprised that Sophia called my mom for advice because my mom obviously was managing Caitlin for 20 something years. But I am surprised that my mom is entertaining it because her and Caitlin have had kind of a rocky relationship the last few years. And Kim then responds in the conversation and says, ever since everything kind of happened, it's a really big deal that she's reaching out to you for advice because she obviously knows you're the best at that. And I think it's a really good way for you to heal also. It could be therapeutic for you to talk to Caitlin and give her advice on her career. I will say, I definitely think it's totally a decision that Chris has to come to on her own, but I can understand where Kim is coming from because in terms of increasing comfortability, that is Chris's arena. You know, that is where she feels the most comfortable. That is where she thrives. So if she's going to get thrown back into it, it may as well be under the guise of something that she is really just excels at. Right. Like this is a scenario where Chris gets to be the bigger person or has the opportunity to be the bigger person, not just because she's going to accept this and maybe help Caitlin with her projects and give her some business advice, but also because Chris can feel very comfortable in the fact that they are coming to her because she is the absolute best at what she does. There's no one else that they would even want advice from. And it's really easy to put yourself in the position of being the quote, bigger person when you also are very secure in what you're offering. Right. Exactly. There is no level of insecurity or not knowing your place. And also there's no possibility, at least in this moment of overstepping because they are coming to you. Right. And it's a little bit of a power play still where it's like, I have the upper hand because you need something from me. Yeah. And let's not forget throughout the course of their relationship when they were married, it was always a bit of a power dynamic struggle. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just to refresh everyone's memory, it's now when this is being filmed 2020 and the infamous Vanity Fair article came out in June of 2015. So it's about five years almost exactly of when it came out. And I just wanted to read one to two paragraphs from that, that maybe could just remind us all reasons that Chris was upset just because I feel like honestly, so much has happened since then that of course I remember, I know we spoke about it. I remember all of this vividly, but it does kind of take you back to that time when things really were at the height of toxicity between them. Yeah, definitely. Okay, here it goes. After Keeping Up with the Kardashians started and became a runaway hit, the dynamics of the relationship changed, Jenner told me. Quote, the first 15 years, I felt she needed me more because I was the breadwinner. 
been really around the show when that hit and she was running this whole show and getting credit for it and she had her own money. She didn't need me as much from that standpoint. The relationship was different. Quote, I think in a lot of ways she became less tolerant of me. Then I'd get upset and the whole relationship kind of fizzled. Unquote. One has to watch only a sampling of the show to see the interaction. Quote, a lot of times she wasn't very nice, Jenner said. Quote, people would see how I got mistreated. She controlled the money, all that kind of stuff. Jenner said that from her perspective, the disintegration of the marriage had far less to do with gender issues and far more to do with the way Chris dealt with them. Quote, 20% was gender and 80% was the way I was treated. So that was just a little piece of the article. Clearly, it was a far bigger piece with a lot of really impactful words. But in terms of things that Chris could have been upset over, those were part of it. And then just as a little bit of a side note, since I feel like everybody always wonders this, and in Courtney's confessional, when she's explaining Sophia, although we know Sophia at this point, she makes a point of saying, you know, it's Caitlin's friend who she lives with. And there was an interview that Sophia did on the Juicy Scoop podcast with Heather McDonald. And she said, quote, it was never romantic. It was never sexual. It was very much friends. It's very parental, very protective. But at the same time, it's also businessy. It's like we're family. All of my families in Seattle, it's been nice to feel like you have family where you're living. As far as romance, no. Because I think, I mean, it's an understandable question that everybody has about, you know, these two women living together and is there anything romantic going on? I don't think that that's an unfair question to ask. No, it wasn't. And I think that people were more surprised when they said nothing romantic or sexual was going on between them because it always appeared that way. I mean, they spend all of their time together. They live together. It wasn't unreasonable to assume that that's what was going on. No. And also, we will get into this a little bit later on as Chris talks about the YouTube, but clearly, I think from what I can gather, Sophia has been integrated relatively well into the family because it seems as though she has a pretty decent relationship with the rest of the siblings. Yeah, I I think that's a role that Sophia is able to play in terms of the older siblings, in terms of Chloe, Courtney, and Kim, and Chris. Um, Kylie and Kendall obviously don't need that bridge there, but I think that Sophia definitely does provide something for them because it's, I think it's easier for them to communicate with Sophia, and not solely Sophia, but just if they need something, then Sophia kind of is a little bit of a security blanket between them and Caitlin, who they've had their issues with. And Sophia is kind of this neutral party that gets to bridge a connection between them without overstepping any boundaries or bringing up anything, you know, negative between them. Right. And I guess I will just say that if specifically Kendall or Kylie felt that Sophia had an ulterior motive or didn't have the best intentions or was really using Caitlin in a way that they found to be problematic, I'm sure that would be a point of discussion and they wouldn't be so open about supporting her. So I know from the outside perspective, specifically because of the age difference and it's kind of like their roommates, people may have questions, but we've never heard any of the family members say anything negative publicly. No, and I don't I don't think there is anything negative. I think they all seem pretty happy that Caitlin has somebody that is a companion and that she's able to spend her time with and that you know, keeps her motivated and busy. I think they all are in agreement that that's a really wonderful thing for her. Yeah, of course. Also, it's totally different, clearly, because this is romantic. But with Chris and Corey, you know, I think in general, whether it's platonic or romantic, it's very normal to want your now single parent to just have someone there. I think it also, in a way, takes the pressure off of you as the kid in a, a different way. Clearly, it's a very different role. But there's something to be said for that because you feel like they are not as lonely or they're not in isolation and specifically Caitlin because she doesn't live as close to them as Chris does. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray, and it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray, and Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief 
from nasal congestion, running an itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real. And for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Next scene, they're at Courtney's house, and this is when they're having a push meeting via Zoom again. I said it last week or two weeks ago, and I will say it again. It is not right of me. I do not like that I do this, but I physically have a real inability to take push as seriously as I probably should since it is her business. She's a CEO of it. But I still, as I'm watching it, I just am like, what is really going on here? I think the issue that I have with Poosh is I really enjoy the content that Courtney posts on Instagram. I just don't need it to take up a plot line on the show. Right. (laughs) But if Kim were to do it with Skims or Kylie was to do it with Kylie Cosmetics, we'd be far more open to it is my point. Yes, but I think that I still wouldn't want to see a meeting where they're discussing the dynamics of the people that work for Kylie or work for Kim when they're characters that we don't really care that much about. I don't know. I think I'm going to push back on that a little bit because I think we'd want to see how Kim and or Kylie handles it because it would be very different than the way that Courtney does. And that's no shade to anybody involved. It just, they have really different communication styles, especially, I mean, Kylie's a Leo, Kim is a Libra, and I I believe Courtney's an Aries. So, Of course. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying, I mean, it's, it's very, very different. It is different. I do agree. And I do think that's a good point. And we see this come up later on, but her team really is built with a lot of her friends. And people ask us this all the time, and we're really lucky that that has never been an issue between Yumi and Isabel. But I very much understand how shit can come up when you're mixing business and pleasure. Oh, absolutely. You, I mean, I have to say also, I was surprised by how big the push team was. That's what I'm saying. It's not right of us, but we automatically, like, we automatically downplay it. Yeah, I mean, I don't I don't think that anybody can blame us for that. No, because I will say when I said that last week or whenever it was, we got a lot of DMs of people being like, I know I do the same shit. I shouldn't, but I do it too. Right. Next scene, it's Kim, Chloe, and Chris. Honestly, I'm not even going to entertain this with a full discussion. I should just tell you this is when the UFO plot line is introduced. And again, the only reason that I'm even like okay with this plotline is because we did get to see a lot of isolated Chloe interest interactions that weren't necessarily heavy in terms of the depth of the conversation, but a lot of kind of like nonverbal cues that I always like to pick up on. It just feels like there were so many other activities they could have done together. I know. I mean, that's the thing. It's like, I really genuinely, I and I think we talked about this last week, I truly in my soul don't think still 20 seasons in that they think we'd be okay with them just sitting there on their phones randomly talking about their glam because I would choose that 10 out of 10 times over a UFO hunt. A million times. Also, the way I feel about this is like, if this was season 19, fine, give me this dumb plot line. I'll watch them interact and be happy with it just to see the way they are together. This is season 20. This is the last season. This is the big leagues. The filler it has to be cut, okay? Cut the fat because I do not need to waste what precious time we have left with watching them search for UFOs. Julie, I have to tell you that as we're watching this episode, all I'm thinking in the back of my head is what the fuck is this Hulu deal and what is it that Kim keeps teasing? Because I have to know. Like My really optimistic side keeps telling me they're just saving it. They're saving it for Hulu and this is going to go out with a bang. We're going to get a few more real killer episodes and then we're going to launch right into Hulu and it's going to be a totally different type of content, but stuff that we're very focused on, no filler. Again, it's kind of just like my manifestation, but I don't think it's the craziest possibility. I mean, from your mouth to God's ears, kid. So next scene is Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Fi. Stacked crew, by the way. Stacked. Scott also comes in, and I think at one point Addison comes in as well. She does. There is nothing, nothing that will ever seem normal to me about 
Addison just casually strolling through the kitchen without it being like a big deal. Like she just walked in like she had been at that Malibu house her whole life. That's what I was going to say. It was really the casual nature with which she strolls in. And that's not meant in a mean way. Like I don't think that she came across as if she was entitled, but clearly that was the vibe. And I felt like, wow, in the course of one episode, we go from her being the guest star and everybody just warming up and kind of interrogating her to, yeah, she's just sitting next to Fi or whoever, like it's nothing. I have to say, I am really impressed with Addison's ability to do that. And I genuinely mean that because I think there are a lot of people that would feel so intimidated by that situation. And for her to be like, no, I, I do belong here. Let me just walk through this kitchen and sit down at this table where I belong. Like, I think that takes a lot of guts. And I am very impressed with her ability to do that. I think that she is very self-assured. I think she has a lot of confidence. As she should. No, she absolutely should. But you're right. It's not something as small as that is actually probably to your average person, I don't know if anxiety provoking is the word, but maybe more hard to grasp than it being a big deal. At least if it's a big deal and kind of like a big quote introduction, it makes it feel like you are more of this outsider coming in. Whereas such a nonchalant action like that really signals this level of kind of comfortability. And I don't think a lot of people would be doing that as seamlessly as she was. I think you're so right. Yeah, I think so too. Anyway, so this is kind of when we're introduced to the plot line about Courtney having some issues with the Poosh team. And I will say that in this scene, she really seemed to be very genuine in her reaction to this. Like she was upset. Oh yeah, she definitely was. And I think that, well, I think because Courtney also struggles with, I want people to take me seriously. So it was kind of like the disrespect on top of like, I want people to take Poosh seriously. And when they act the way they're acting, they're treating it not just that they don't see me as their boss, or they don't see me as an authority figure. They don't see Poosh as a legitimate thing that they have to be professional about. Right. I do think that something worth mentioning here is in a normal situation, when you are the CEO of a company, there's not necessarily so many people in your immediate family that you can vent to that fully can understand what it's like to run a team, specifically a team that is made up of or partially made up of people that you're close with. Whereas every single person at that table could understand. Kim and Chloe are both in the same situations when it comes to Good American, when it comes to Skims, KKW Beauty, forgetting about what their actual roles are, CEO or not, but being you know in charge and then also having to work with people that are mo- both business and pleasure. And so I do think there must be something validating about speaking to your siblings when they can actually understand the professional side of it as well. Oh, absolutely. Yes. I think Kim is probably the best person to talk to about that if I had to choose, aside from Chris. I think so as well. Also, because Kim's perspective is probably more on par with hers, just from an age and and what they're dealing with in company-wise perspective than Chris's is. Yeah. I know we kind of get into this more as the scenes progress, but it was a little bit bizarre what she was describing with the text thread and removing themselves from the text thread. And even friendships aside, like just to operate in that way did kind of throw me off. Yeah. I always get confused by, by things happening like that, where people just like leave a group chat or storm out of a dinner. Like, and that is such a consistent among reality TV. And it's just, so the opposite of any way I operate or any of my friends operate. So when it does happen and it is like genuine things, like for example, this wasn't a plot point of like her reading the group chat, leaving the group chat. Courtney was just telling us it's not like a big dramatic thing that happened. It was like kind of a side note thing. But anytime something like a really dramatic action is taken like that, it always throws me off. Well, I think it's really natural when you watch a scene like this to subconsciously in your own mind, put it in terms of like your friends or your business group chat. And I was just trying to even for a second, put myself there. And I cannot imagine obviously any of the three of us, but anybody that we work with ever doing that. So it it just, I don't know, maybe I was just projecting a little bit. It just felt unprofessional and also just kind of bizarre. Imagine if I left the group chat, but then had to leave our seven other ones because you would have still been able to contact me. I was going to say which one <laughs> and also like the 18 on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> I would just spend the whole day leaving groups that were, <laughs> it would take you hours. That's so funny. 
So next scene, Chloe and Tristan are in the car. And really the only reason that this is worth mentioning is when Chloe asks Tristan for a minute and you hear him say, of course, baby girl. And then he feeds it to her and he's like, oh, that was so dreamy. And she like kind of hits his hand away a little bit. I love it. I'm obsessed with that. That's all I want to see. Those tiny interactions, those make it worth it for this dumb plot line. When they're in their confessional, because they're kind of on this hike looking for different rocks, Tristan says in the confessional, Chloe gave me an invite. I think I was the last person on her address book that she asked to come join her on this hike. But at the end of the day, this is quality time. And it's exercise. I'm not playing basketball right now, so it'll get some extra cardio. Get to be beside a beautiful woman like this. I'm going to jump at the opportunity. Tristan really nailed that whole self-deprecating on the last person that she probably thought to invite thing. Yeah, you could tell. Like you said, he's pulling out all the stops. I think he knows that there's not going to be any more fuck-ups that will be tolerated. So he is going above and beyond. And this is the most we've seen of Tristan from a filming perspective. I mean, obviously, he's not playing basketball right now, so he has the time. And so... I did get a little bit of like nervous energy from him in the confessional. Very natural. I mean, I think anybody would be if it's their first time doing a joint confessional where it wasn't so much that he was nervous to be filmed or anything. It was more so he wants to make sure Chloe will like what he's saying and what he's giving off. And I felt like that was happening, not in a way where she was being judgmental, but he kind of just wanted to like impress her and make her feel like he was making them both look good. Did you get that same sense. Yeah. It it gives me uh, the feeling that every time he's in the confessional, he feels very under a microscope, not just from Chloe, I think from everybody watching. And he does seem pretty aware of that, I think. Yeah. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because Realistically, no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her, but I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter, and it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Next scene, they're at Chloe's house and it's Kim, Scott, and Chloe. And it was funny because Chloe's in her Kim is my lawyer sweatshirt, Scott's in Good American, Kim's in Talentless. And they kind of make a joke about how they're all supporting each other. And I think it was Dumois, but I could be wrong. A few days ago, there was something posted about that. Like, do the Kardashians and Jenners have formal agreements within, with each other about posting their brands? And somebody responded and said, you know, no, only when it comes to KKW Beauty and Kylie Cosmetics because Cody requires that. But for the rest of them, it's kind of just like a handshake understood thing. And Obviously, I have no inside knowledge, but that would make sense to me. That's kind of how I always envisioned it. Yeah, definitely. Me too. It's true though. They really do constantly support each other's stuff in terms of not just like posting about it, but they wear it. Oh yeah. Anytime, any given time they're filming, at least one of them is going to be in the other person's merch. Yeah. So this is when Kim is filling in Chloe and Scott about Sophia calling Chris regarding Caitlin and potential business advice, things like that. And Chloe makes a comment saying that she talks to Sophia very seldomly, a call once in a blue moon, blah, blah, blah. And they're kind of just all processing it together. And I don't know if this is at all rooted in accuracy or if I kind of just made it up, but I'm curious if you had the same thought and if anybody listening did as well. But when Chloe says, one in her confessional, I don't have any idea where my mom's headspace is with Caitlin or herself or Sophia, so I don't know if she's even ready for that conversation. And then to Kim and Scott, she says, honestly, mom and I have not spoken about where she stands with Kate like in a long time because it's just better to not talk about it. So I don't know if this is triggering for her. The reason I wanted to highlight those two specifically is because the way she made it out to be was that 
it's a conscious thing that they don't talk about it because clearly maybe Chloe gets too protective or Chloe is just so upset about what went on. And I was wondering if that is the case, it would make sense why when Chris was just initially even considering the idea, she specifically wanted to talk to Courtney and Kim about it, not Chloe, maybe because she didn't know the type of reaction it would elicit from Chloe. I know I just skipped a bunch there, but did you feel that way at all? I do know exactly what you mean. I mean, I thought of it specifically when she made it a priority to want Kim in for the conversation, but didn't want Chloe. And I did feel that was very purposeful. Um, And I guess that connects to the scene as well. My thought process there is that, A, I think the way Chloe handles situations like this is maybe a little bit more emotional and a little bit more aggressive than the rest of them. And maybe in that moment, Chris just wanted to have a really level conversation that like was completely like did not include emotion. It was just like, logistically, is this something I want to take on? Um, And I also think that Chloe was the most hurt by what happened out of Chloe, Kim and Courtney. I think that Chloe's relationship with Caitlin was always different. They obviously all had such an amazing relationship with her, but Chloe's did feel a little bit different. And I think that she was absolutely more hurt than the others by what went down. So I think Chris also is extending that protection to Chloe the same way Chloe wants to extend that protection to Chris. Yes, that is precisely how I felt. And I think that, yeah, that's that's what I was thinking in terms of the phone call. It wasn't like she was excluding Chloe. It was one, because she wanted it to be based in logic. And I think why even bring Chloe into something that she knew was going to get her potentially emotionally riled up before she even came to the conclusion? Like, let her make the decision and then bring Chloe in. And I just felt like without saying it, that's basically what Chloe was saying in the scene with Kim and Scott. Kind of like, you know what? We know not to even touch this because it's a hot button issue between us. Exactly. Yes. And like, how special is that, that it just comes from such a mutual sense of love and respect and protection of each other? Like no no part of it is rooted in any sort of maliciousness. It's literally just like, I fucking love you so much. And I really turn into full blown protective mode when I feel that someone has wronged you. Oh yeah, of course. So next scene, this is when Chloe and Tristan are doing their UFO sightings. I'm like, again, not even really going to validate the scene with an analysis except for when they're walking down the stairs and Chloe asks if she can hold onto his arm. And he goes, of course, you can hold my arm forever. She's like, oh, shut the fuck up. And then they are laying there on the two lounge chairs and Chloe's in the silver bodysuit. And Tristan is saying in his confessional that, you know, he didn't get the memo to wear this whole silver number. However, he's really happy that she is because the way that it hugged her body is beautiful. And again, Tristan is just not coming to play. He is really every opportunity he's hitting it. Yeah. If it, Tristan takes every single opportunity that he can. Like he finds a way every single time Chloe says something to make a comment about it. And I think he does it in such a funny way that that's probably why Chloe is like, so on board for this because she gets to do that thing where she's like, oh, shut the fuck up, or like hits his hand away, but she's still getting that level of attention from him. Also, I mean, the question that everybody asks is like, are they actively sleeping together at this time or no? Right? Uh, yeah, I have no answer to that. I still think yes. I mean, I'm, I would assume yes, but again, I don't have a definitive. So next scene, this is when Scott and Chris are talking and they're kind of just discussing this house that Scott flipped. And it's so minor, but I do love Chris's kind of perspective and any insight that she has for him because you very much can tell like when Chris talks, Scott listens. And even though it's real estate, you can tell he's absolutely welcoming any of her advice. Yes. I was going to say the exact same thing. I love any scene where it's just the two of them because you can always see how much Scott values what Chris is saying and genuinely listens and genuinely wants her advice. Yeah. So this is when Caitlin and Sophia FaceTime her and they're kind of just talking and Sophia's explaining how they're both really going crazy. There are no events. There's none of the speaking engagements that they would previously do. And they're trying to kind of figure out what they can do. And so Chris explains how she thinks YouTube would be a really good play. And in her confessional, she goes, believe me, this is not an easy situation, but Kate really does want my advice. Again, there is just something human nature about feeling wanted and feeling actually needed for your professional advice that like take anything else out, I still think our original point stands. Oh, I absolutely agree. And I think that the advice that Chris was offering them wasn't advice that couldn't 
come from anybody else. Like, obviously, YouTube is such an obvious play for Sophia and, and Caitlin and what they're doing. But I do think the fact that Chris was able to come at it from like a, here's, I already thought about this. I have ideas for you. And also I have people that I can put you in contact with. I'm sure made her feel really great because it's not just like, I know what I'm doing. It's like, I know what I'm doing. And I get the feeling that like, you couldn't do it without me. And that's an amazing feeling regardless. Yeah. And also, I mean, I think clearly everybody is aware at this point on the YouTube side that Caitlin and Chris are no longer together, but it is a very big deal. I don't care who you are. It does signal a level of respect when you are going to use your own connections to help someone else. And again, I recognize Caitlin could have gotten there on her own most likely, but it just like you're putting yourself on the line. And that to me is almost like the most symbolic thing that happened here. Absolutely. I so agree. Also, just in case anybody was curious, you don't have to look it up yourself. Caitlin did launch a YouTube channel. It launched August 31st of 2020. So we can presume that this was what, July, August being filmed. And as of now, it has around 30 something videos, which are cooking, motivational talks, videos with Sophia, a makeup video with Kylie, things like that. About 100,000 subscribers. And then also, I think most people are aware of this, but Sophia founded that sunscreen brand Lumisol in 2019. And Caitlin promotes that heavily on Instagram. It's the spray one that you can put over your makeup or under your makeup. And Kim actually, in addition to, of course, the initial one when she got the package, she's promoted it a pretty decent amount of times, I will say, to the point where I actually thought it was Caitlin's brand based on the frequency that I saw Kim posting about it. I wonder if they're actually more willing to post about it and promote it because it's Sophia's brand and not Caitlin's. I think really when it comes to that stuff, they want everybody around them to be successful. Like I, I think there's no harsh feelings there. I do too. And I they are so willing to post each other's things and their friends' things. So it doesn't surprise me that they post it or that they frequently post it. Also, Sophia is the executive director of the Caitlyn Jenner Foundation. I really don't know anything else about what goes on there, but that is one of the roles that she has listed when you look her up. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. So this next scene, this is when we are at the Malibu house again for the push meeting. And Courtney says in her confessional, you know, she does love to work with her good friends, but she also needs to be respected. And she just feels like nobody's really taking it seriously. And so she kind of just sits them down and lays down the law. And we don't get to see her interaction here with Sam. We see that a little bit later on, but I mean, (laughs) it's a lot for people to be on camera and have this. Like, what was anybody going to say? Right, exactly. I, it, <laughs> you're exactly right. Like no one else was going to be like, we actually disagree with you while you're filming us. Also, like, I have no idea what goes on behind the scenes. Like, I'm definitely not going to comment on the way that Courtney runs her business. But it was a little bit surprising to me that she was ever in on the making the plan to start with. Like, to me, I feel like of course her assistant would be the one trying to plan together with everybody in the group when it would be a good time for a group meal. And that's just said based in logic, because I feel like that's what all of their assistants do, even just for lunches with each other. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think that she said something in the beginning of the episode where she was talking about the dynamics between the people she works with and the push team. And she made a comment about like feeling like they were kind of vying for her attention and therefore she was going to set this up herself as like um kind of a way to reward them or give them what they were looking for in terms of her role in in that kind of thing and her ability to give them individualized attention. Yeah, which I do understand, I will say. Right. So I think that typically it wouldn't have been the case, but I think she was like, okay, I'm going to go out of my way and do this for them. And then they responded negatively. Well, not that they responded negatively, but that they then took advantage of the fact that she was doing something that was out of character for her. Although I don't know that now because when she's talking to them about it at the actual meal, she's saying from now on, making it like previously that wasn't the case. So I actually don't know. Yeah, maybe. I I have no idea. Also, another thing that we just kind of were just thinking about, so we put a little list together it's really sometimes hard with the Kardashians to determine like, was it a work friendship first? Was it a friendship first and then evolved into a work relationship? But like a really good example of 
something that have started out as a professional relationship with Steph as Kim's assistant. And they made the mutual decision that she was no longer going to be in that role. And they're really just, I mean, such good friends. She's such a solid part of their friend group. But another one is like Victoria. She was Kylie's assistant and they became very, very close friends. And she's no longer Kylie's assistant, no hard feelings, still very, very close friends, but no longer in that professional role. Then we have Ariel, who's like both, you know, the makeup artist and also one of Kylie's very close friends. Tracy, who's now the CMO for KKW Brands, or at least that's her current title, you know, I don't know, I don't necessarily know if it was a business relationship that then evolved, but they are so close. I mean, their kids are absolutely best friends. And then I have no idea if there is any legitimacy to this, but like, don't you feel like something is maybe going on with Harouche? Because out of everyone, she was the closest with Chloe. And I hate bringing this shit up because I feel like we always try to not go on the follows, but Chloe unfollowed her, which is, wasn't, she, Chloe was following her at one point. I mean, that's off. Um, yeah, I, I think Chloe was following her. I, I feel like I haven't seen her or heard her mentioned in a while either. Doesn't it make you wonder? Yeah, of course. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, they're washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quinn's items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. Next scene, this is when Chloe and Tristan are releasing the balloon with Savas. Is it okay with you if we skip over this? Because what the fuck would you guys like me to say about this? Nothing. Absolutely. Like, I just want to see them eat salads. I don't need the extraterrestrials. I I know I appreciate the creative energy, but it's so just unnecessary, you know? Beyond unnecessary. I would love for you to skip over. (laughs) Next scene when Courtney is talking to Sam and they kind of go through it. I guess this was just not something that was really going to take place on camera because I'm sure Sam did have more to say, but. You could tell based on her entire just presence, like with the sunglasses and the hat, she really did not want to have this be a TV production. No, I don't even think she wanted to be there at all, cameras or no cameras. I get it. Oh, cameras or no cameras. I don't know. I think that she probably did. I think she wants to resolve that on some level, but I very much understand and can relate to the like the lack of enthusiasm as it applies to the cameras. Oh, yeah, of course. But I mean, she also could have said, like, I don't want to do this on camera. And I think they would have respected that, of course. Yeah. Wasn't it kind of weird that she said yes anyway? It it just seemed weird because she came off so poorly. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I, I've kind of been doing this thing with reality TV now. We were just talking about this when we um, were talking to Paige Sorbo earlier from Summer House. Like, I, you have to consciously in your head, because they're obviously not going to say it on the show. Like you have to break the fourth wall yourself and be like, okay, how much of this is an accurate reflection of the person or how much of this is just, they don't want to be on camera in general. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I understand that. Last scene here is just Kim, Chloe, Chris, and North. North comes in and she really is, she's going to be a star. Oh yeah. She's got the it factor. Yeah. I don't know, nothing really profound here. They're kind of just reflecting on it. And Caitlin did launch the YouTube channel and they kind of go to a clip of them all watching it. And I think Chris says in her confessional, you know, 
I can't make things magically better with us, but I'm really here to be supportive and I just want her to be happy. So I was really happy to offer some advice and encouragement over something that she's trying to do. And I know it's going to be really great. Can you believe we stretched this entire episode into 50 plus minutes? Because I cannot. No. What did we talk about? I don't even remember. I literally cannot even tell you how nervous I was to record this. This is why I don't understand how people can do podcasts with somebody that they're not like literally best friends with. Because imagine if on top of the subject matter being poor, we had to like worry about chemistry. (laughs) Yeah, that would be pretty awful, kid. (laughs) Like that's my worst nightmare. Well, thankfully, we do not have to worry about that. No, obviously. I'm just saying like I really – I I tip my hat to people that can do it in that way because like for me, I always know that that's my one underlying comfort. Like no matter how bad the Bravo episode is, no matter how bad Kardashian – whatever the fuck we're talking about, I'm like at least it's going to be Julian Isbell and we're going to be laughing the whole time and I'm going to be happy to be here with them regardless. That's so cute. (laughs) And also, it's because Isma and I can't get you on the phone. So this is kind of like my equivalent of a phone call with you. You can get me on the phone. If you call me, I'm never not going to answer. I don't know why you think that. I don't enjoy talking on the phone. But if you want me on the phone, I'll stay on the phone. Yeah, but it's not fun to do something that you know you're like inflicting misery on someone. Like Isabel and I will just stay on just and just have it going and like not even talk. Okay, clicky. We hung out so much last night, Julie. Yeah, whatever. We didn't even <laughs> stay in the city. <laughs> Could you blame me? Imagine if we had this episode and it was the construction happening. No, I actually couldn't. I understand. <laughs> okay. Anything else you'd want to mention? No, that's it. If you stuck with my voice throughout this entire thing, I'm thoroughly impressed. I love you and I love your voice. People are... <laughs> what the fuck? Everybody's always going to have a problem with something, so... I know, but like specifically today. <laughs> Okay, well, we love you guys so much. Isabel and I will see you tomorrow for Bravo. And we'll see you on Monday for the regular episode. We love you guys. Thank you for listening. Let's talk about baby making for a second because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be. Meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Free to Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.